0: Uh, <sighs> what did you have in your mug, by the way? What coffee were you drinking during this podcast?
1: Um, I had. Do you guys know what counterculture is? Oh, of
0: course. Fuck yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay.
1: So they that's pretty prominent down here. Um, I actually, used to date a guy that worked there. He would like bag the coffee. Um,
0: uh huh.
1: I don't have that discount anymore, but I still. Uh-huh. Buy it. <laughs>
0: Um, all right. So, Natalie Carr, welcome to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Thank, thank you thank guys you.
1: for having me. This was like the coolest um, invite.
0: Oh, really? Well, we thought it was the coolest invite, too. Um, <laughs> first question we always ask everybody uh, just give a, a, the listeners a brief introduction of who are you, how are you, and what do you do?
1: Uh, my name is Natalie Carr, and I am a singer songwriter. Um, I work for a small publishing group and I live in North Carolina. Um and I am well. I am good. I'm having a good week so far. What day is it? Thursday? Yeah, good, yeah. About to thank be thank God. That was appropriate. Thank God I yeah. not say like Saturday, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we made it past the hump. <laughs> yeah, that's...
1: past the hump. So I know what day it is, so that's where we're at. Um
0: <laughs> Well, that's good. Um Yeah. So we, we always like, we start out with that. We just branch out from there. I, you'll find pretty quickly in talking to us. I like to ask a lot of questions that'll like trace through your history of music and what, like your, what your passion means to you in general. Matt is definitely, uh, I'd say Matt is a good incisive question
1: yeah me. yeah I, I, I kind quick.
2: of well I, I kind of drill into like the present moment a little bit so like if yeah. I catch something you know you're, you're thinking about something I'll, I'll maybe dig into that more whereas Kevin is definitely looking to see you know where you come from your kind of like your history and then we we fold all that together but the conversation is very loose you know we're just hanging out I know it's pretty late but we're both drinking coffee decaf coffee I will decaf. say but. there
1: you go I actually just made Kevin. I mean I don't really have a bedtime and I'll fall asleep no matter what. <laughs> it is rare for me. I typically don't drink coffee this late, but I was like, "You know what? That sounds great right now."
2: Well, and you're on a coffee podcast, so and it's we we do say it's a coffee-centric podcast, but the the goal is, you know, to bring people together from all walks of life and kind of talk about what drives us creatively, um, you know, what drives our passions and what we're doing in our lives to enhance not only our own lives but the lives of, you know, the people around us. Yeah. And that's what we're all about. Which
0: is like, I, f- I feel like naturally you kind of, if you go to like, uh, do you have a favorite coffee shop?
1: I do here. Yeah. In Charlotte, I do. Which one is it? Um, I like not just coffee. That's the name. Okay. Of all right. But it's sweet. really just coffee, but that's what I guess. Uh,
0: yeah. Do you find that like when you go to a cafe with a friend, like when you make a coffee date with a friend, like you, you tend to have those like conversations that can be day changing, week changing, even like chapter changing for your life, right?
1: Completely. Yeah. Coffee brings people together in ways. I mean, different in ways than alcohol. I work at a brewery, um, part time. I have worked at two different breweries. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've been bartending since I was like 21 on the side of, um, music when I was just getting started. And so I love the way that beer brings people together. I'm pretty well versed in craft beer. I love beer. Um, but coffee is different because alcohol is still alcohol at the end of the day. And
0: I'm pointing there's at something Matt.
1: vulnerable about getting coffee with somebody. You don't
0: oh, Hide behind,
1: behind being drunk. You have to just yeah. yourself.
0: Yep. I, I'm pointing at Matt because he's well versed in craft beer. I actually am three months sober in a week.
2: so <laughs>
1: That's awesome. I am actually currently taking hiatus myself. So kudos to you.
2: Nice, huge accomplishment for sure. That's that's a huge accomplishment, and but that's not to say that you aren't versed in alcohol. You you and I have had plenty of you know just fucked up nights. Great nights (laughs) we've had. Great nights. It sounds like we have different adjectives (laughs) for the same thing. We've had the first
0: when we first met. You were drinking at my house, underage.
2: Don't tell (laughs) the world that night yeah your mom knew (laughs) yeah my mom knew she wasn't (laughs) happy about it she's like do you still hang out with that kevin kid (laughs) (laughs) wait did she ask that for real oh yeah my mom such a bad you were a bad influence at that age (laughs) and now i'm a good influence on you and you're a good influence on me you know Yeah.
0: you didn't have to add that you can just be a good influence. i mean i am a good influence son. (laughs) that's
2: fine uh um natalie so so uh i hear a word this is how i want to start it because this is the I hear word <laughs> All right, this this is the question that i'm super stoked about so i i hear that you grew up in connecticut
1: i did yeah
2: i'm also from connecticut and so i want to know like where in connecticut are you from i gotta know
1: um i grew okay. up in stamford connecticut
2: okay i was born in new haven and grew up in east haven connecticut um so, I spent a, big, some
1: time in New Haven. Um, the shake, the first Shake Shack I ever went to was in New Haven.
2: I had no fucking clue that there was a Shake Shack in New Haven. I figured it was only a West Coast thing. So I've it actually was, never. That's the
1: thing. I would go when I was like little. I was, grew up swimming, and we'd have swim meets there, and I'd, we'd drive New Haven. But that, I remember that so distinctly because it wasn't anywhere else <laughs> at the time. It I was, missed like, the out. The only cool thing the East Coast had. Um,
0: the East, the whole East Coast <laughs> had one cool thing, and it was, and in, it was New in New Haven. In New Haven, you Connecticutians—that's right. Connecticut. <laughs> it's it's
2: Connecticut. So
1: little to like care about, and and you know, that there's so much privilege in saying that because Connecticut actually is pretty cool. There is enough to do, but um, you know, it's really not the middle of nowhere. But when I was little, I thought it was the most boring place in in the world, and now I know better because I've seen more boring places. <laughs>
0: This is gonna be a weird question for both of you guys. Is Bridgeport in Connecticut, right? Yes. yes. Yeah? Okay. So, my only reference for Connecticut apart from meeting Matt, before I met Matt really, um, and then I've like driven through it. I'm such a, I'm an upstater, like 100%. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, my only reference point was there's a band from that area called Jacoby Wichita that my band used to play with, they're like, su- you remember them? I remember they them, They're like yeah. super post-hardcore, like yeah. really funky, and like the they sounded like Glassjaw, but with hip-hop in the background. What's the music scene like in Connecticut growing up? Like, perspectively both of you. I'm asking both of you now. I'm just going to interview both of you about Connecticut. That's a
1: podcast now. <laughs> yeah, this is a podcast about Connecticut. Um, I was going to say, so I didn't grow up different than you all. I never really played. Like, I wasn't in a band, and I didn't, do it i was just a kid like i didn't you know have bands with my friends and get to experience that coming of age kind of thing in music which um is sad and i wish i had but i didn't and i do remember that being in connecticut was cool because we were right or at least in stamford i was a 45 minute train ride away from manhattan so uh as i got older even like in middle school you know your parents would be like all right you can go to this concert tonight and you would go and then come home and that's crazy that like i had access to concerts in manhattan because everyone goes to manhattan to play um yeah so that was really sick like um just being so close to the city and and being able to see all these artists and bands um i mean that's i would never take that for granted but so far as the local scene i'm not entirely sure Besides my mom's cover band, I don't know.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Cover band? Yeah, stop right there. Whoa. (laughs) What kind of music did they play? My mom was in a cover band.
1: No way. We should link them up. It was like, (laughs) she does all kinds of, they do everything. She's been in these bands since I was in like sixth grade. And I remember using, I was embarrassed about it. And then ultimately, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. She just sings at restaurants and bars and weddings. When you're Friday. a kid,
2: you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed by everything your parents do with yeah. at that age. But that is like objectively the coolest thing that a parent could do, right, is play music live. Oh, for sure. It's
1: pretty cool. She was like the lead singer. And like she still does it and like has the tambourine, so.
0: Dope. <sighs> so what's cool. What's your favorite song that she sings?
1: I remember when um, I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas came out. Yeah. And she, she and her band sang that, and I was in like seventh grade, and I thought it was so embarrassing. But it is now like I'm like that is amazing, and every time I see, it, I'm like,
2: please play the Black Country. Uh-huh. <laughs> the only, the only thing about uh, Connecticut local music that I can think of it, and I moved away from Connecticut when I was about twelve
0: for the local music scene. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm
2: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the van, and that was the end of it. No, we, uh, we have Toads. We have Toad's Place in New Haven, and that's like a pretty esteemed concert venue. Mm-hmm. Um, some pretty major acts went there, mm-hmm. especially like off tour to do like smaller gigs because it's a small spot. But it's like it's like known nationally that like bigger bands would play there, like um,
0: oh, like Upstate Concert Hall.
2: Like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like the Rolling Stones went there in the nine, the early nineties on like off tour, and it was like a secret show or whatever, like like only people who knew knew that kind of thing. So that's all I know about the scene down there. Really, is this one of those
0: places that people say like this is where American Pie was written? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Don't they say that about Saratoga? (laughs) They say yes, they say it about Tin and Lit. Like, but there's like five different places in the country where like you go there and they're like, you know. Word is he wrote American Pie here. And it's like he probably was on tour and like wrote a verse here and there. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. I
2: want to, I want to know, I want to know more about you, Natalie. Kevin, you're the history guy. We want to go back. Yeah.
0: No. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so you said, you said you didn't grow up playing music, but obviously like you that. had like a knack for it, right?
1: I'd like to think so.
0: You probably like, were you interested in music?
1: Oh, yeah. I loved okay. it. It was just, I mean, I grew up, I played, um, I had piano lessons when I was a kid and I loved to play the piano. I just always got distracted because um, I don't know, maybe it's the way my brain works, but it's like, I don't, I don't like, this is fucked up to say, but I don't like the (laughs) process of learning. I like knowing. (laughs) Like it's hard for me to have the patience if it doesn't come easily to just go through it and learn it. So even when I was playing piano, I just wanted to write songs and play songs that I knew I didn't, really want to be good at the piano and then later on i learned guitar and it was much the same story i just needed to know four or five chords so i could sit at home and mess around and play taylor swift and write my own music and that's all i really cared about Mm. um but of course like in taking lessons i i was proficient and i became good and then did develop interest in these things and singing was kind of like a really private thing to me i didn't sing in front of people i didn't sing um i don't know why i always thought it was so vulnerable um, I thought it was like the most vulnerable thing do was to reveal your singing voice. I don't know why that is, but I just remember
2: it was so really is. Yeah.
1: it is, and I don't know and it's a public speaking thing too. it's um it's 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 such a vulnerable space to be in. And I just never wanted to do it. but secretly, I love to write music. So by the time I got to college, i um academia was a huge passion in my life. I went to school and I was on track. I wanted to go to law school and I wanted to change the world and yada yada. Um, but I realized like, in just going through some things in my life, the only important things were the things that I loved, music being one of them. And if I never went for it, I I probably would regret it for the rest of my life. And so, um, I decided to step outside of my comfort zone, really give it a shot, whatever that looks like. And I still don't really know, um, like what my goals are, what People are expecting or not expecting of me I don't really know um but yeah that was a very long-winded way of saying like I, I always had a huge interest in music I just never intended to make it anything besides something private um until mm. I couldn't take it anymore okay. I don't know if that makes sense
2: that makes, that makes perfect sense yeah no that was super well said um where does where does that lead you now where are you and obviously 2020 is not the year to uh to to really you know get out and do stuff yeah no one's playing (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh
2: but but where you know prior to the coronavirus pandemic where you know where did you get up to what what at what level did you see yourself playing music um what kinds of engagement were you getting what were like some like most recent kind of accomplishments of yours that you're really proud of?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting because I think a lot of the dialogue that has surrounded the music scene in 2020 has been a result of COVID and been a result of people not being able to play out. Um, A lot of musicians at the local level, amateur level, and of course at the arena level rely on that revenue stream and rely on, on that alone for, you know, just advancing themselves within their career. But Prior to 2020, I'd only released um, two songs. And so this year alone, I was really focusing on building up the social media, the streaming, kind of like the marketing aspect behind who I am as an artist. So that ultimately, when I go on tour or if I open for somebody on a tour, um, my name is out there. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, there's no blueprint for this. I think a lot of musicians go... I'm gonna play open mics and dive bars and have people throw tomatoes at me and then they make it. And um, but a lot of like a lot of musicians go that route of playing out, playing live. And I kind of maybe it is because I had this insecurity of like, am I really doing this? It's safer to do it from behind a visual or behind social media or behind Spotify than it is to be out there. So um, I decided to just go that route and ultimately, I, I mean, by the end of 2020, I will have had now four or five songs out um, so hopefully planning a tour for 2021 when things reopen um, yeah and just like excited for that and hopefully like hopefully I have people that come you know because I've never done it I don't know what it looks like um, yeah. I don't know but things are moving in, a, in the right direction and I'm definitely connecting with people more than I would have anticipated um, I think awesome. the most recent single did that for me just yeah, having a like, a real little rant. People, like you know not real people per se but people that really gravitated towards the message of that song and um mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see i'm excited though
0: yeah will you guys definitely. come to my
1: concerts
2: oh hell yeah you fucking know we will
0: yeah <laughs> we're uh, i'm all about like you you have a really nice like ethereal the best way i can describe it is almost it's like siren-esque r&b style
1: i hear it yeah i know you mean yeah like this, i
0: yeah that means like, a the, lot
1: to me thank you
0: Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. No, there's like there's a really good melody to it. I'm the thing that like I actually so Matt can vouch for this. I'm like I'm always just looking up music. Always, like passively. And I come across people all the time and like every now and then like it like I'll I'll pop across an artist and I'll be like, Oh, I really like this person. Like this year, I would say yourself, um who did I get really into this year? Ruel. I got really into Ruel. Lita um breakants lead well i've been in been, since like 2016 yeah. <laughs> but um uh but like chica and like a lot of people came my way this year and it's because of the pandemic too though because i'm inside more and i'm look i was looking up even more music and you fell right into like that r&b category of like just really smooth r&b that kind of like flows over well that
1: means so much to me i'm like honored to be in a category of any of those given people and to like know that you heard anything i produced and put out and enjoyed it is very humbling and, and really new to me you know what I mean yeah um,
2: yeah it's it's
0: gotta it. be honest <laughs> yeah well I that's good I mean this is like this is new to us because like the only other musical well we've had two other musical guests right we've had yes. Andrew and then uh Zach yes right yep so like and Zach's like Zach, we talk more about him going on tour as, like, a videographer, like, working for, like, Justin Timberlake and Dream Theater. And then Andrew's, like... A friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, is, like, on uh, Blue Swan Records and, wow. like, plays... Yeah, he's, he's, like, the backup guitar player for Dance Gavin Dance and backup singer for them. And so he's all over the country all the time. And, like... But that was, like, a friend interview, though, because I've known him for a few years. So, like, you're the first, I would say... Artists that we've just messaged and been like, hey, do you want to come chat about like your art and what you're passionate
2: about? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I love like and why the hell not? You know what I mean? And the opportunity to meet cool people is just yeah.
2: That's that's one thing I'll say about Kevin is is he doesn't just find good music and keep it to himself he tells people about it mm-hmm. um the and best pro- kind of person right, right. That
1: friend who's just onto something and eager to share and there's no uh. ego behind it or like oh i know this artist and like you've never heard of them it's like no man like
2: yo have you ever been in a group chat with like two friends that are have super good taste in music and just constantly throw new music at you it's what the best and that? the
1: worst, depending on, yeah. Yeah, depending uh, on the music.
2: <laughs> and the worst, yeah. <laughs> I can see where that could go bad, too. Yeah, no, yeah. it's
1: a good thing. It's great.
2: It's also, it can be exhausting. I can understand that, where it's like, there's I don't have There's a time. lot of
1: music out there. Yeah. There is a lot out there. It is um, oh, yeah. overwhelming, but you can never have too much of a good thing, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. As a consumer,
1: oh. at least, you know, you have options. <laughs> and yeah. uh, There's always something to discover, so.
0: Speaking of consumers, I, I noticed something before we started out this podcast, and I'm throwing this out there for anybody who listens to it and then goes to listen to your music. And then I also kind of just want to like, manifest this into the universe. Your least listened to song on Spotify is my favorite song that you've yeah. Done. Yeah. used. It's such a good song. And people are missing out on this. There's like eleven thousand listens on it, and then everything else is like blowing up, and like it's just sitting down there. I'm like, what a beautiful Dude, I, I
1: agree. I think um, well, a lot of people. Do, so a lot of the songs have like they get playlisted and used.
0: Ah. Uh.
1: But but it is a strong enough record. The idea is hopefully people will trickle down and um get to experience it as other yeah. things grow. But it is such. I love that record. Um, writing that, I wrote it in a night. I was just here and I, I just, I heard, I like had a melody in my head and I wrote it Mm -hmm. and it's a very honest and vulnerable song. And it's my favorite way to write songs is that kind of cadence, that kind of sing rap. Um, Oh yeah. Meaningful. I love that. Um, definitely. Yeah. That means so much to me. You know,
2: you, you know, uh, you remind me of another artist that Kevin uh, introduced to me many years ago now. It was uh, Alina Baraz.
1: Wow.
2: That's like a dope compliment. Yeah, that is. I'm like, oh my God. Damn, dude. We're just competing now. I'm like, we can give you a better compliment.
0: Actually, that is, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Like, right? Because she was like a SoundCloud era artist. Yeah. She got her break with Gallimatius. Like, he already had those beats made. Mm. She just put her voice over it like butter and like that was
1: it's amazing yeah
0: you do but you do something that's really cool you do like these quick writes yeah right what's break us break us down like what's the process of a quick write for you like Like, what what does that a lot
1: of these the thing is i'm really trying because with youtube it's such a direct revenue source and it's something that you can build leverage as an artist of being like you know i have A small group and community of people that are coming to my content. So it's really something I'm trying to build It's in the very early stages. But the idea is that I can do these at least once a week, if not two to three times a week until one of them hopefully gets where it needs to be. And a lot of this comes down, by the way, to like editing and stuff. I'm learning it. I don't know how to professionally edit. And um, I'm not a YouTuber and I didn't want to be one. But um, anyway, so that aside, that's probably the most stressful part is like, (laughs) <laughs> the, the tech the tech like i was like oh like the lighting and and then uh was i pressed did i record this like that kind of shit but um mm-hmm. as far as writing them it's it's simple enough i'll either do something on guitar or piano and then i do have a team of producers i work with um two in particular that might flesh it out for me or you know because uh, i don't really produce but they will add just like the simple things and dynamics that it needs to um really makes sense and then i'll just write my lyrics and sing record it um here and i do my own vocal chain here um and yeah and yeah no i love that's it. super I impressive it. you guys are, are dig those because i really want to do because for me writing music is the easy it's like i i love it and it's so i don't want to say it's easy to me because there's a finesse to it and there's things that you can learn but it's out of everything i do the performing thing is intimidating the Editing of videos and that kind of thing, the social media, the fashion, all of the stuff that comes with being an artist, is harder to me. It's challenging, and then the, the writing, the music, is the only place that you know makes the rest of that shit worth it. Because frankly, I don't really enjoy social media, <laughs> and I don't like doing some of this stuff
0: (laughs) we've been talking about that a lot lately too like we we have a love hate relationship with social media
1: it's so weird because then i get to meet wonderful individuals such as yourself and have great stimulating conversations and meet people and um but then it's also it's it's depressing as fuck.
2: It's depressing and it's a job too, right? There's there's a certain mm. how much guilt do you feel like if you don't post for like a day or two you're like everybody forgot about me, it's <laughs> over, you know? We feel about yep. th- that yo, we feel that way even like with our with our with our coffee company, it's like we want to create valuable content. We want to create content people will appreciate or resonate with educationally. educationally. We we don't want to just create content for the sake of content. And it feels like you got to do that to stay up with the algorithm.
1: It, it does, doesn't it? Yes. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't want to post. Frankly, I don't. I could sit here and post a selfie of myself every day. I just don't think the world needs that. I don't think people that appreciate my music need that. I think once in a while they'd like to see it sure just that filler content and it really does work for some people oh yeah but i think those people are are shameless in a good way they don't care yes. what people yeah. think and they're like i'm just gonna i can't do that it has to i agree with you like i'm trying to make it thoughtful or aesthetic at least like it, it looks good and i oh uh, I, I hate it. it i hate it so if you guys know anyone who wants to help me with this, maybe I want to, to do like
0: the YouTube me. stuff for you. Yo, yeah. we we should put that out there. Let's put that out there all right now. All yeah. YouTubers calling all. Calling all YouTubers. Actually, you know what I was thinking was, do you like, do you freestyle a lot of the quick write, like in your own time? Or are you, you're kind of actively making that up as you're doing it? Sometimes.
1: Um, well, okay. I record it before because as you, I think a lot of people, I'm not really singing them live. And the only reason I'm not is because... I, It took me a minute to figure out that I could sing it live and get it into my computer and have it on video and match Mm. it up. So, as again, like as I continue to do more of these, they're going to be more, they're going to be better. um, Yeah. Just production wise. But um, some of those, yeah, absolutely freestyled and even used as a song when I was sitting there listening to just a scratch beat. A lot of what I write comes from um, Sad Little Rant as well, just this Mm. kind of freestyle. And of course, I then work out the kinks, but. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I was just listening to. Do you ever listen to Song Exploder? Have you ever heard of that? No. It's a it's a podcast. It's another podcast. It's a. It, they bring on artists uh, like famous artists like Run the Jewels, Dua Lipa, people like that, and they break down how songs came to be. And one of the ones I listened to earlier this week was Dua Lipa, and she was like, it was her producer actually had a recording of her making up the melody for one of her most popular songs on her new album which was like really cool cuz like you got to hear like the first cut of anything that happened and it it sounds exactly like every other indie artist like it's her just going like like you know like just playing she around she has a
1: stake in writing that's really cool i've seen yeah. some of like yeah that's really interesting that's fascinating um yeah she's incredible and uh, her music is so cool and cutting edge i really like it
2: so a common theme oh this mic every time i turn it there we go What's going on? <laughs> a common theme of 2020, uh it, and it's a silver lining theme, is that people were all of a sudden given the gift of time and the gift of space, physical physical space and like mental space. Um and I have <clears throat> excuse me, I have met uh numerous people and I know numerous people who acted on projects and acted on things that they never would have done if we did not have a pandemic where everybody had to stay home do you do you think that there is <clears throat> do you think there is a a part of you or a part of this year that is sort of the reason for you doubling down on your music and your social presence online your YouTube putting out new songs do you think you wouldn't you would have made the same progress if it wasn't for this kind of situation we're in no right i
1: think it forced me um at least in the beginning i of course was outsourcing and going to studios and i have a lot of friends in this immediate area that are sound engineers um oh good i learned how to engineer myself like i really just learned i i got logic for the first time and now i literally have you can't tell now it looks like shit but i have a decent enough setup i record vocals from home um and that wouldn't have happened uh And that was used, was recorded in this room. Um, Now, I didn't mix it, so I'm not responsible for that magic. (laughs) Dylan does that. He's a wonderful, wonderful engineer and mix engineer at that. But um, I never would have learned to do that. And then, of course, with social media, I kind of you get frustrated when you're alone with your thoughts. You have nowhere to go, even if you're drinking. I mean, I don't know, but you drink alone and there's something you can't escape yourself when you can't leave and you can't escape Your deepest fears and anxieties. And a lot of mine resided around I'm not doing enough. And I want, if I'm going to do music, I might as well be doing it as often as much as possible. And so I started making YouTube videos and that kind of thing. Um, Because I think what was holding me back before was not only the time that I felt like I didn't have, but I was afraid of people's criticisms. I didn't want, I wanted to put myself out there enough so that like certain things got heard and then hide away um but i'm realizing there's no hiding um and so yeah i think the pandemic for me yes of course but for people at large yeah just a lot of career transitions and hobbies and things people have picked up i started to skateboard um I'm no, not good nice at it. <laughs> but like things like that you know what i mean like you revisit things that, like just random shit like that yeah you know? i i go pretty frequently and i enjoy it and it's something i now do. i don't think i would have touched it um it had it not been for this, so yeah, yeah it wow. I think what a what a weird year for so many people.
0: Oh, um, for real!
1: What a hard year,
0: like yeah, a hard year. Yeah. Um, in that time, you've obviously been like doing some writing, you've been getting some stuff together. If I'm not mistaken, you have like a relatively significant chunk of music coming out soon, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm putting out another single and. Let me see. Yeah, and um, I'm so bad at math. Eleven days. Okay. Eleven days. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> soon. Um, and wait, that's not true. Wait, that's not. No, I have to think about it. I think I had the date, but now I forget it. Anyways, very soon. Okay. Another single. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a lot of artists put singles out now because with budgeting and for marketing and for all these things, you kind of mm-hmm. have to stagger it one by one. Yeah. Um, unless you're an artist like Dua Lipa, we we're talking about her, but someone who yeah. people would anticipate an entire body of work. Anomal. Um yeah. But then I do plan on releasing an EP and I'm really excited about it. And this next song is um, it's it's hard for me because I do have a lot of records in the R&B, the smooth R&B feel <laughs> uh, feel. Um, and this one's not that it's definitely more poppy. It's more oh, like kind floor, of Yeah. Kind of like a retro vibe. It's a great record. It's a great pop record. But yeah. Um, It doesn't have that R&B pull, and I'm a little nervous about it because I feel like a lot of the fans I've garnered have come from Sad Little Rant and used to really appreciate that style of music, and I'm a little scared to do something different, but my goal is to, you know, I have a lot of genres that influence the style of music I create, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, but what what you're doing is you're expressing yourself as an artist, and there's going to be people that love the music that you did in 2019 and then there are people who are going to love what you do now and those people may come and go but you you have to obviously be be comfortable and confident enough to say like yeah this is something I'm trying out I'm you're, you're not uh you're not married to any one genre no um, yeah and so you just gotta own it I mean like John Mayer decided to jump in and do some pop after you know 10 years of like blues and smooth um uh and like uh, what do you call it like um in his 2007 uh where the light is that live album uh, he did yeah. he did a bunch of like blues and jazz in that in that mm-hmm. album and he loves jazz but 2019 yeah. 2020 John Mayer's leaning into some fun pop yeah. songs you know
1: And I love that I love how artists can evolve and change I think What makes this a little bit more precarious is that I am, for all intents and purposes, an amateur artist. And so Mm
2: -hmm. um,
1: I remember when I first started literally just going to local recording studios and trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to brand it. I received so much flack because I couldn't find a sound or an identity Um, Mm -hmm. or I was using too many different styles. And I at the end of the day, I think that's kind of what makes this work is that I want to put out pop records. I want to put out R&B records. I want to put out country um, folk-influenced records, and I want to do all of it. And I and I write all of that, too, um, which is hard because yeah. I can't just turn off the parts of my brain and then just be one thing. And I don't think most people would want that, no matter what you do or who you are. Um, so I, I really hope that as I continue to put out music, and it's different from the last one before that, um, my fans will stay with me and continue to appreciate it. Um, yeah, right. But you're right. You can't please everyone, and you just have to... You know, a good song is a good song and it doesn't matter what genre it's in. We all can appreciate that. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting. So like that was kind of why I asked you guys about like the Connecticut music scene, because in the Instagram live thing that you did, um, you mentioned that you did country. Did you grow up like with a decent amount of country fans around you guys or like, well, I mean, in, in Connecticut, at least like, were there country fans? There? No. Oh, no,
1: I was. No. My did that come from the Nashville? T-Swift? Yeah, dude, T-Swift. And but then also, <laughs> I don't know. I just had a love. No. And the thing is, no one in my family listened to it. None of my friends did. I was hmm. people. My nickname was Nashville Nat. It was a joke. What? <laughs> yeah. And it became like a, it was a, a, a loving joke. It wasn't. Yeah. Bully, but like, God forbid, because um, <laughs> that would have been really terrible, but yeah I, because I loved it and I wore it on my sleeve and I was like guys i'm gonna move to Nashville and I love country music and and of course country music is now more mainstream and more popular um yeah. but it, before that yeah I loved it and it was so random I just i had liked it you know what I mean yeah like there was no influence I just I dug it I think I was homesick from school and I was watching like cmt because it was one mm-hmm. of the channels we had and I Probably You're like watching Reba, and you decided
0: that you wanted. Yeah, to I was like,
1: country. that's <laughs> cool. Like, I love this music. It has so much feeling behind it, and it's um, mm-hmm. really great narratives. The writing is so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So
0: that's, I still, I that's still that's one of the it. selling points, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally. I have to take one second. I totally forgot. Dude, we've had four people already who do music. We had Steven Salyers. Steven Salyers, who's amazing. He's got a great voice. I love him. And then we also had Izzy. Izzy divine? We had Izzy Divine. God damn it! I'm not even. I'm not wearing his hat. We've had four people on. I'm the wearing podcast. his hat. We forgot our. Oh, are you? Yeah. All right. Cool. We brought on like <laughs> we brought on four people who did music. I said we did two. Like I'm Me. totally just like shrugging off Nash. <laughs> our Nat. They live in Nashville. You guys are so working hard. Off.
1: You have a lot on we your are. plate. <laughs> now <laughs> that you mentioned,
2: yeah. Now that you mention it, we're like, oh fuck, you're right. Yeah. We've been spreading ourselves a little thin lately, but we we love what we do. Um, the mm-hmm. people that we're meeting are like creatively oriented, creatively minded. So like a a lot of times our podcast will bleed into music. Uh, In fact, I mean, Kevin and I love music so much that we we have a segment called What's Your Jam, which should we? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's talk music for a second. We could talk. Well, we've been talking music this whole time, but let's talk specifically. (laughs) Yeah. Like what's your jam right now? Either it could be music. It could be a podcast if you're like super into podcasts right now. But like kind of what are you jamming on right now?
1: word okay so this I was gonna take in the direction of music but
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is random and I don't know how I got here um but okay. do you are you guys familiar with what multi-level marketing is
2: like pyramid schemes yes pyramid yeah schemes.
1: Yes. colloquially but yes um yes. they <laughs> there's this podcast and it's she I don't think they've done it in a while um but it's called the dream and <laughs> I first went down the MLM rabbit hole because of YouTubers who make like anti-MLM, so anti-multi-level marketing content. And it's
0: ah. it's
1: such a scam and it's it's so pervasive in society and, and amongst women. Um, and it, it fucks them. And it's mm-hmm. so predatory and so terrible. And I don't know why I care. I don't know anyone that's been personally afflicted by um, a pyramid scheme. But anyways, this content, it's, it's called The Dream, this podcast. And it's excellent and it dives into the litigation surrounding it and just some like anecdotal like narratives of (coughs) what it means to be in pyramid it's fucking crazy and it's really good and i just got into it because i was driving somewhere and i was like oh my god and then i listened to the whole thing that's awesome another one yeah yeah it's super cool and then i think the second season of it they talk about like uh kind of like the documentary on netflix that came out i think it's called unwell where they talk about um oh like kind of like essential oils and all this shit that people use. Oh my because god, yeah. It's, it's this rampant consumerism, but they're really, they're really preyed upon because it, and oh, they're, yeah. they're sold this false narrative. So the second season isn't about multi-level marketing, it's about some of that stuff. So um, crystals and supplements and the supplement industry, and it's all yep. very fucked. And I don't oh, know why yeah. I care, but I do. I just I don't like it Just interest you. I'm taken advantage of. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah. that shit was so interesting. <laughs> Is interested in uh yeah, pyramid schemes or no and it honestly, statistically, I'm sure a lot of people that would be listening to this know somebody who has been personally afflicted in a negative capacity.
0: It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> we were just talking about that with Matt earlier this week. Our, Hello, our other buddy Matt, yeah. We were talking about well, I've I made the joke because we have you have you seen the documentary the vow about Nexium the cult that was in upstate New York? Yeah. Okay, so like our buddy Matt is the roaster for a company that sells coffee in a shop that like a lot of the Nexium people used to go to. And then he didn't know this until this week, but like my friends and I who work in like the creative side like do film and like uh script writing and stuff like that, like we went down to Brooklyn one time and one of the main members of Nexium, Allison Mac, was having like a self improvement seminar, right? And she does this whole like forty minute spiel about Nexium. But well, you were there. I was there. And then <laughs> yeah, we drove down to Brooklyn. We went to like what? this. We went to the worst vegan restaurant I've ever been to, and we went to this Nexium meeting. And then um, like at the yes, and so like, but it was like a recruitment thing, right? And then at the end of it, at the end of it, uh. I like I've like beeline for Allison Mack and Matt knows me I'm super pragmatic so I walked up to her and I was like I have so many questions about like I'm like I noticed that you use these words a lot uh could you explain how people are supposed to self-actualize and find their purpose like is there a process to that like what are you talking about specifically and she like at one point I think she got sick of my questions because I was really just trying to get her to answer one of them she was dancing around them but then like she couldn't no and then she goes she just I'll never forget this moment it was so creepy and so weird. She put her hand on my arm and was like, you know, our founder would really like to meet you. And I was like, whoa. And then this is we the beginning dr- of a
2: horror film. Right? I've got to go. So
0: then we were. Dr- yeah. Yes, so she was like Keith would really like you, and I was like, um. <laughs> and then we were driving back up, and we're with the girl who brought us to the meeting. She's the driver, and my friend uh, Micah, my friend Alex, and I are all in the car. And then Alex, thank God, Alex, she finally broke the ice. She goes, "So that was a cult, right?" <laughs> like,
2: yeah. So uh, I had no idea that is it Nexium. Is that what they're
1: called? Nexium, yeah.
2: Nexium, I. Had no idea this was a definitely thing.
1: look into it. Um, if you're into it's not conspiracy theory, but it's in that vein of like if you have an interest or uh, for anything crime or cult like, it's fascinating.
2: True crime is true crime is huge on podcasts, right? I now, love
1: too, it. Right? I love that stuff. Yeah. I like ghosts. Uh I don't know, man. Yo, I
2: don't don't you miss the part of twenty twenty when you could like when you were watching Tiger King for the first time? tell me you didn't watch tiger king yet? of course
1: i did but oh, okay. it's crazy okay. how even now it's like I, I didn't forget about it but like that seems like yesterday yeah you know, and it was like tiger king waiting March. to for bar, you know bars to open in a week
2: right right yeah like this is sick oh dude yeah this is, sick, yeah, this day is day.
1: sick man no school no
0: work yeah um tiger king. S-
2: side question uh is avon a uh, multi-level marketing avon yo my grandma sells avon still
1: yeah, well, you know, maybe she's at the top. If she's at the top, kudos to her. <laughs> she's killing it.
0: Um. Okay. Uh. Matt, what's your jam this week? We were on jams, and we ended up telling a story yeah, about we, a cult. We, yeah, we started <laughs> with jams. Multi, well, well, well,
2: multi-level marketing's dope. My uh. So my jam this week is uh, Novo Amore because it's fall. Whoa. Yeah, no, right. Novo Amor is uh. Okay. Um. So the guy is from. What I believe to be Denmark, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Future Mad here. Uh, I was super wrong. Uh, Novo Amor is from the UK. He's Welsh, <laughs> so that's uh, my American geography knowledge. Back to the show. Uh, Novo Amor th- is like is like folk acoustic. Um, okay. it reminds me a little bit of Boney Vare. Cool, oh, oh, because yeah. especially his older stuff, he sings in a lot of falsetto. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, to to me, anyways, a really great vibe for fall. It's a little sad. I wouldn't listen yeah. to it if you're having a bad day, but uh, it's just beautiful music. He has a gorgeous voice, and there's it really a whole kind of an orchestra of um, of music surrounding him a lot of the time. Mm. Um, Carry you is one that uh, that comes to mind. Carry you oh, by I've Novo and more. Yeah, that's that's probably one of his more popular ones, and All it's right. it's beautiful. I you know? love
1: that. I like yeah, sad it. music.
2: Me too. It just speaks to the soul because I think again, no, seriously, back to <laughs> back to really quick your point about something about singing is very vulnerable mm-hmm. and makes you uncomfortable. You know, to like sing in front of a lot of people, and I think it's because singing is inherently very emotional.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. All right. What's your jam?
0: Oh, dude, you've been seeing it in the group chat all oh. week with... Matt. Shout out to Matt Loyacono again. We talk about him on every we, podcast. We, we're talking about Pusha T, baby. Pusha T? I've been listening to Pusha T, T all yes! week. Yes! That's dude. Awesome. You would be so surprised. So this guy that we chat with, he's he used to be a folk singer. Now he's a coffee roaster. We all work in coffee. He and I, like, I feel like every other month we discover another artist that both of us know a ton about for almost no reason other than we like are just interested in music and this week I made like did I make a Pusha T reference I said something and then he, like, oh, yeah, I said something about, like, good music. Like, I was, like, well, you know, I like good music anyway. So, like, Pusha T, I was, like, Pusha T's the best. And then he just threw down lyrics. Like, he didn't even say, I like Pusha T. He just inserted lyrics into the chat. And then I immediately, like, typed back lyrics. And, like, he was doing the callbacks. I was, like, god damn, man. Like, Whoa, yeah, it was that's cool. Wild. I love, like, okay, so, funny, the reason that came about in my life is, like, We So my brother who's coming to get me, I'm not even going to sugarcoat this. He's half black. His relatives are black. Like we used to go to Detroit to visit his dad who, you know, worked in a hotel in Detroit. And then we would ride the subway and go to the comic book shop in the city. And like I was just around people who listen to that kind of music or we like we'd be in Turks and Caicos and his dad would watch BET. So like BET would be left on the television. That's what I'd be watching at night, like Mm. in Turks and Caicos, like in the islands where there's nothing else to do. And I don't know anybody I'm watching BET. Like I'm watching like, you know, reruns of the comedy shows and like, a bunch of different stuff and like so i kind of like picked that up and was like oh i really i like this like i remember really liking master p and stuff and then like as i i would come back to the suburbs in upstate new york and everybody would be like who are you talking about and like <laughs> and so it became much like you were nashville nat like i had like this weird like subset of music that i would get really into and then almost had nobody to share it with so like hip-hop was always like a thing of like kind of mine until I finally met other people who were into it and like now I'm just I, I love a really good hip-hop artist like anybody that's really does, cool yeah
1: that's a great story
0: thank you uh, speaking of lyricists I actually wanted to get into this like I think it, you know we've paid you some compliments but I, I think a, a really important thing when you bring someone who does art on a podcast is to talk about their art and like from a viewer perspective and ask them questions as an artist and I think that you have a really cool, especially it's on sad little rant and it's on, and it's really noticeable on, on use too. Um, you have a really nice way of crafting an internal rhyme scheme that I would call taking the scenic route to the chorus, you know, and doing it in a way um, like obviously sad little rant use like sad music and stuff like that. I, I think it's very easy to make it one sided, but you're, as an R&B artist, you, you seem, um, positively self-conscious, like self-conscious in a way where like you're recognizing faults and not putting blame on either side. You're kind of just crafting an emotive experience. Um, do you find that that comes natural to you or is that something that like you kind of work on it as the, as the rhymes are coming out?
1: I think so. Do you guys remember when you were little, maybe you still do it when you were kids, though. when you would go around, and well, I think it was Kings, the drinking game. Um, mm, maybe mm-hmm. not when you were a little kid.
0: I remember when I was kids, we played Kings. Yeah, I was well, Whatever,
1: nine is rhymes, <laughs> and then you'd be like cat, and I'd be like bat, and you'd be like sat, and then we'd go around. I'd win every time, because I can rhyme for some reason. I'm not a rapper, but I can rhyme like a motherfucker, and then I get in this <laughs> wormhole, and I am kind of self-conscious, because when I'm yeah. writing, I can just keep going. And I can make it make sense, but I have to be cognizant of when I'm pushing it too far, and then cut it off, give it space, have it land. Mm -hmm. Um, Because otherwise, it just becomes okay. So she's what now? She just rhymes. Um, And I've been not accused of that, but people I've worked with have been like, "Well, now it just the whole thing just rhymes." But it's like one rhyme. Um, You never want to let that go on too long. You want it to have its its moment. So, but yeah, I like those internal rhyme structures. I like. Faster cadences, and then when it mellows out, um, a trap I fall into a lot when I'm writing is that things are too wordy, um, because of uh. a wordy first verse and then a wordy pre-hook and then a wordy hook, and I have to remember that. Um, and this is why it's good to write with other writers as well, is because there's writers that are melodically, they're they're so good at that with melodies, and they're so good at um the simplicity of lyrics and then i can add those complexities and that's why it's it's always better to work with someone else or at least have someone else come in and flush out your idea um but that doesn't always get to happen unused and sad little rant i um did not have that but i think it would have benefited because who knows like what those records could be if i had had a co-writer um but yeah i like those little like internal rhymes i don't know Maybe that's yeah. why, because I feel like a kid and I'm just like rhyming. like uh, nah, 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 nah,
0: nah. Yeah, you're playing.
1: Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: The other thing that I've like really picked up on right off the bat is like, I always like, I, I tell people like, I really, I can't get down with music if there's like, if there's no soul to it, which is hard to explain to people who don't like play music or have never written a song. Because once you've done that, I feel like you can hear when someone is actually putting themselves like themselves into the lyrics not even in like a directly personal manner but like in a manner where like they're able to like like I was saying craft the emotive experience like it's almost like someone's like like there are some people who can go in they can throw like a clay vase right and then there are some people who go in and they'll like make like a mock toolkit out of clay and it looks exactly like a real toolkit and people come in they're like how much is that toolkit and they're like that's made out of clay and, like, and, and I feel like you do a good job of crafting that emotive experience. Um, mm. do, Is that – that has to be, like, that part of you that you're talking about that's, like, this came easy, like – and not in a bad way. Like, this is, like – this just flows out.
1: I think so. Yeah. I know that with certain – like, used in particular, I think a live – I would benefit from doing, like, an acoustic performance, and I really should get that going and do that mm-hmm. um, because – there's are certain songs in the soulful, jazzy, kind of playful R&B style. I'm really, I love to sing. And so it comes out more effortlessly than does something that I have to be intentional about. Um, as a singer, too, like there's different tones you can use. Um, yep. And sometimes you get so caught up, especially in pop songs, of singing something near perfectly, um, that you lose that emotion. You lose that feeling behind it. And um, I struggle with that in the pop lane sometimes. But not so much in the soulful lane because there's more room for not error but um it's it's more human like when people sing it's not as Mm -hmm. uh produced i suppose yeah but yeah but Uh, there's an art too and it's hard and i'm i'm you know there's people that are wonderful vocalists i don't consider myself to be the best vocalist i'm a good singer i'm not the world's best singer and so i do um have to be really intentional and I have to play with takes oftentimes to find something that actually conveys what I wanted to convey. Um, cause singing something perfectly is great it's fine, but if you can't feel it, sometimes you won't revisit that record, you know, cause sometimes you're 100%. revisiting a record for that point where their voice cracks and the bridge and that one word that they say that just makes you feel something you're listening to a three and a half minute song for that one moment without even realizing it.
2: Oh, hun- yes, yep. yes, yes. A thousand times. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Everything, a song, I've always felt like a song is, a, is maybe a roller coaster is the wrong, the, uh, the wrong adjective, but, or the wrong analogy, but there, there is, you're living for the climax of the song to make mm. sense, to wrap it together, to not only be the emotional height of it, but to, yeah, to, to, to well, I guess the, the climax of a song and what you're describing are maybe sometimes often two like, separate things. Um, but you're right there that, uh, that human aspect, the imperfect or the imperfect aspect of a song, like you said, when like their voice cracks a little bit, or you really hear it coming out of like their diaphragm, like really, you know, digging into something. Um, I, I can think of a couple of examples of songs that, yeah, there was just that one part that you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, so like musically or, or, uh, melodically, you know, I, I can see somebody constantly striving for that, but you don't want to you, you don't want to try and synthesize it artificially, right? It's gotta come out of you naturally. That's mm-hmm. why we do that's why we do so many takes, right? Because it's gotta be, it's gotta be right. Yeah. Um when when you're writing, especially lately, you know, as as you've come to have a little bit more time to to focus on music uh, and really creating something that expresses you what are you writing about these days you know like I, we can listen to the music you put out at this point and go oh that sounds like this or that but like you know when you're sitting down to write lyrics what's on your mind like right now
1: you ask such cool provocative questions like i don't get asked which is really <laughs> great and that's a huge Thank compliment you. to you um i think sometimes the there are certain things I've found. I can't, I can't write so, songs that are sufficient enough to represent some things that have happened in my life or to other people. Um, I have great ideas surrounding certain things. Um, and sometimes they get flushed out, but there are certain things I kind of like tend to leave on the back burner. Like, um, I was in a pretty toxic, I mean, most of us have been in really toxic relationships, but they're, Whenever I sit and I try to write a song that embodies that and what I felt, it's so hard Um, Mm -hmm. because there are so many blurred lines. It was so manipulative and so fucked up and so many faculties I can't even understand how I feel about it or my role in it, that it's hard to even put that on paper. But um, that's the fight I just keep fighting because if I'm able to, make something concise and meaningful that represents what that was in my life i know someone else is going to resonate with it um i do a lot of freelance work and so i will ask people like what are you feeling what's going on what do you want to what do you want the song to be about and it could just mm. be this girl cheated on me i'm like okay and i can go with that from an intellectual standpoint mm. um which is not necessarily that difficult because you're just going off of like you know what happens in when someone cheats and what happens in in a breakup and what are some of the images and sounds that you hear and see and like that kind of thing. But to really um, express a feeling like a a complicated feeling, a nuanced feeling is so difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I had an idea recently about the song and this isn't speaking to my life, but I liked this idea of if I were writing a song to a younger woman who was dating my abusive ex-boyfriend or ex husband or lover mm-hmm. what would that song be um and it's edgy and it's uncomfortable people don't want to think about that you know it's really it's weird but it yeah. hasn't really been done at least not that i know of or i'm aware of and so there's little concepts like that that i think are so difficult to get right and i want to do it justice um yeah, but i love time. that idea i think that's that's unique and and could be a really powerful song something yeah like
2: that. yeah definitely I found, this is anecdotal, I don't have a follow-up question to this necessarily, but uh, to me, I've always thought that I am only, I, I feel like I can only write songs from the perspective of heartbreak. I wrote all my best music in, when I was in a toxic relationship, when I broke up with that person. Um, I, had a, <laughs> I had a hard, hard time writing any sort of like, Positively influenced or, or, or happy music. Yeah. I've had oh. girlfriends in my life be like, why don't you write me a song, you know, for my I birthday. I totally get that. And I'm like, dude, because I'm happy. Like, because I got what? nothing bad to say, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're
0: like, I don't have the vocabulary. so hard. For-
1: <laughs> to write a love song, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It is easier to speak from a place of I don't know, maybe maybe this it isn't for some people. For me, I can't. It's so much easier to speak from a place of heartbreak. Um, and, of course, from a romantic standpoint, because my cat just died, and that cat was mine. Oh. Yeah, my life. Um, oh, man. Yeah, it sucks. But, like, writing a song about grief and death, and yeah. not even necessarily about my cat, whatever. You know, my cat meant what it, he meant to me. It won't mean the same thing to everyone's a cat. But, like, grief okay. and death and songs about that are... And I I don't know why it's harder to write about that than it is to write about being jaded over over a guy or a girl. It's just, it is. Um, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I I will say I finally did come to a point where where I did write a love song successfully. It took a long time, but I, I was I remember I was in my dorm room in college and I was messing around with like a chord progression that I really I liked. Wrote one? And I finally wrote one. This was years ago. Whoa. Was, yeah. All right. That's the it was that song. Fourl skit. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that word. I
0: want to hear it. What does that word mean?
2: Oh uh, shit. Uh, okay. For We're gonna find it and for, make him. Is play it, it. Yeah. Yeah. For, is it for, uh, uh. 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 Shit. It's, it's It's uh. foralskit is Norwegian. Oh. It's a Norwegian. It's the Norwegian word for the feeling when you first fall in love. That euphoric oh. feeling when you first fall in love. But we don't have a word for that in English. And I was like, boom. There's done. so.
0: There's so many languages that have words that we don't have definitions for in English. And I I always like in my mind, I'm always hoping that someone's going to like take one of those words and put it into English lyrics, like just out of nowhere, like just like not say anything about it. Like, like I don't care if it's a big artist or like, you know, medium or like even an indie artist. Like I really would love to just hear that trickling over here because when I listen to international music and they don't have certain words or like they're reaching for like the English word, they just put it in there. Mm -hmm. They don't like, they don't neglect it for a second. Like there's like um, Unga Ferrari, who is Norwegian. He'll put English words k-pop's infamous for it j-pop like all of these other cultures are even russian music like they'll put english words in there when they need to yeah and like yeah and we don't do that yet no i'm waiting for us to catch on we're slipping Yeah, Over we here. need to do
1: that we need yeah. to do that and it's so ironic that you know the united states is as diverse and so as it is and behind, <laughs> and behind yeah. it, like resultingly you know what i mean it's yeah. like <laughs> but uh, cool. if you hear of anything or can send me anything, I'd love to hear it, and I would love to hear your love song. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. yeah,
2: dude. I will. Yeah, it's on iTunes <laughs> yeah. and Spotify. It's on iTunes night.
0: and
1: Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, so please just yeah, yeah. send me your text me a link. I'll, I'll send post- you a
2: link. Yeah, please yeah. do. W- <laughs> I, I'll I'll preface it by saying that it was uh it was also recorded in my bedroom, and then you've met, got a and, great voice though. Yeah, I my voice is, is pretty good, but I'm voice. saying recording quality is. Eh, but enjoy it <laughs> yeah no, I
1: don't, Yeah, you guys should hear some of the shit that i oh Woo. i don't mix Woo. i don't mix things so <laughs>
2: yeah no
0: you just record it don't worry don't worry like honestly when from listening to song exploder and like listening to these other music podcasts that i get into i hear demos where i'm like oh wow they do not sound that way and now recently okay i just listened to this reason i've been getting into production a little bit um, I just recently heard like a couple different vocoders, and now I can't unhear them. And they're like, I like, always want to like...
1: put them everywhere. I want to put vocoders. I want to sprinkle them because it's from fun. My lord, like I love this. It's just it's just like that. Well, Daft Punk, of course, but like that. Like yeah, oh, it's like an orgasm for your ears. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's perfect sound. It's, it's because it's scientifically perfect it's scientifically yeah uh we're like engineered to it's like it is that's sirens that's i mean
0: yeah um let's wrap this up man i feel like this was a great discussion did you have any other crazy questions to ask because i i could go on
1: forever natalie but i'm you not you guys are great we can do this all the time yeah,
2: Kev, kev's a talker we're Yeah,
0: gonna, we're gonna check in with you throughout the yeah we're just your career right yeah we're
2: just gonna FaceTime you randomly it's
0: (laughs) we'll we'll just bring you on and have like music episodes right we'll just we'll be like we'll be like all right, Natalie what's going on in the music world right now what's up yeah
1: hit me yeah 100% we can do that thing like we do it every year like every two years I'm down totally
0: down
2: down. yeah (laughs) and then we'll We'll be at your first show, wherever it is.
1: Please. Oh, my God.
2: We'll be at her first my show.
1: My Upstate oh. New York contingency. Oh,
0: my God. Please yeah, come sure. to Upstate New York. We will. It's fun up here. Honestly, we know people. Like, we could help
2: make that stuff oh, happen, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I would
1: love to meet you guys in person one day. I've, I haven't i have been to Upstate New York. I used to hike the Adirondack Mountains when I was a kid.
2: Oh, uh, uh, we're going on a hike. I haven't been. A, I didn't go on a hike this year hike. or last year. You did plenty of hikes. I do tons of hikes.
0: That's
1: Hell, yeah. His, that's yeah.
2: his big thing. Yeah.
1: I can get uh, down with it,
0: like, once a year, you know? Once yeah. a year? Yeah. <laughs> you Connecticutians. <laughs> Connecticutians. <laughs> you have taken over this audio space uh, with your lack of hiking and your one Shake Shack and... <laughs> <laughs> the
1: best uh, thing about the East Coast is New Haven Shake Shack. New Haven Shake Shack. Well, uh,
2: okay, I could not have this entire podcast go by without mentioning, like, Peppy's Pizzeria. Or Pepe's of Beats, you know we what I have mean? Have mentioned this. Like, do you know this? Grill,
1: shout out. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the food uh, in Connecticut slaps. slaps You, you it know, all the it Italian. You know, it slaps. It slaps. Great all Italian.
2: Right. Great Italian culture there. Uh, right.
1: What did you
0: have in your mug, by the way? What coffee were you drinking during this podcast?
1: Um, I had. Do you guys know what counterculture is?
0: Oh, of course. Fuck yeah, we did Yeah. Okay,
1: so they, that's pretty prominent down here. Um, actually. Used to date a guy that works there. He would like bag the coffee. Um, uh huh. I don't have that discount anymore, but I still. Uh-huh. It. <laughs> it's like my nice coffee. I don't use all the time, but you know, it's it's good stuff. It's you know.
2: Yeah. Do you know anything about it? Like like where it's from or anything like that?
1: I want to say Guatemala. Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, I don't. I'm not super well versed. I know like kind of the varieties I like like, and sure. I'm willing yeah. to experiment. I'm never gonna like hate something, you know. But, I just don't know enough about the, um, what is it? I almost want to call it craft coffee. I don't know much yeah.
2: about it. Yeah. Craft I call- specialty. Everybody calls it specialty coffee. I've been leaning into craft coffee because people are more familiar with, like, craft beer, right? Like, they can make that connection, like, oh, craft beer is, like, better and a little more expensive, but, like, amazing, you I know? I did notice that you've been calling it craft, yeah. For it's good a reason.
1: great space to play in. I don't know about the coffee community, but I imagine it's really cool and supportive and... Um, it's like so the beer community, cool. the craft beer community is a great industry. I mean, people are creative and supportive and humble and yeah. Do you work at a craft brewery? I do. Yeah. Oh, cool.
0: Uh,
1: a resident uh, culture here in Charlotte and, uh, prior to that, I worked at a different one and, uh, yeah, I love, I just love, I've always loved beer. Oh, cool. It's so good. And I That's love coffee, awesome. coffee and beer, yeah. man.
2: Oh, coffee is so good. See, I told yeah. you we could talk about everything forever. Uh, last question. I, for real this time. Have you been to Vermont and had their craft beer?
1: Yes, I actually grew up um, going to Mount Snow all the time, nice. and um, we. Snowboarding. Uh, I'm actually a skier.
0: Okay, Ooh. all right.
1: But yeah, I grew up and I love. I'm big, big skier, and yes, I have. And um, it's a miracle I haven't. If it weren't for music, not that Charlotte is really necessarily like somewhere to be. Um, yeah. You can kind of be anywhere, but I probably would have been just a ski instructor in Vermont the last few oh, years. Nice. And like, at a, or maybe bartender. I don't know. I love it there. Um,
2: we go to Burlington like once a year. It's well, like let me know spot. when.
1: I would love to. Yes.
2: She's going to yeah. come. Let's and do come it. <laughs> I'm always yeah.
1: looking for an excuse to get up there. Always. I love it. Oh,
0: good. All right. Well, sweet. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you guys so this much. Is for yeah, it was a lot
0: of fun. Yeah, of course. It
1: was a huge honor. You're wonderful. Thank you so Thank much. You.
0: Thank you. We know where to find you. Where can other people find you?
1: Uh, My Instagram is Natalie Carr Music, two R's in the car. Um, Twitter is Natalie Carr, M-U-S-1 as in music. Um, Facebook is Natalie Carr. I'm pretty active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then, of course, YouTube. Please subscribe.
0: Yeah. Get on for those quick writes. Those quick writes are so good.
1: Well, oh, that means so much to me. That makes me yeah. like really, like really motivated to do more that someone's good because like, they're so under. I mean, I, but I, that thank you.
0: You're welcome. Write yeah. Well, it's, shit, it's a man. cool thing because like you're, you're doing it. You're already pretty good at Like you're, you're good at it. Like I, I enjoy the quick writes. I'm like, Oh, I wonder when this is going to be a song. And then like, you're also like, you're, I know you said you hate it at the beginning of the podcast, but let's end on this note. Regardless, your quick writes, you're learning. Oh, shit. You're learning. (laughs) There it is. We wrapped it up, folks. All right, Matt. (sighs) I got to go figure out these keys.
2: Yeah. Good luck.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Bye, guys.